Welcome to the Fearless Warrior Podcast. This is a place where truth is shared, taboos are disrupted, secrets are revealed, and power is gained. I'm your host, Danny Temras, and it is my personal mission to empower women in becoming the best version of themselves. Each week, I'm bringing you inspiring guests to help you build your confidence and mental toughness so that you can live the life of your dreams. Welcome, everybody, to the very first episode with Danny Z. I'm Danny, and I'm super excited to be here with you today. I've been dreaming of hosting a podcast of my own for a few months now, and it's actually because of my upcoming birthday that I finally committed to do so. So I hope this is going to be also a good gift for you. And this is a very special episode for two different reasons. First of all, is the first, so it's, it's very exciting and thrilling. But even more exciting is that I'm joined here by my dear friend, who's not only an accomplished serial entrepreneur, author, podcast host of the Agile Marketing Experience, but also a great coach, strategist, board member, and mentor to many entrepreneurs and myself. With that being said, please welcome Alan Ennis. Alan, welcome to the show. Thank you, Donnie. I've been looking forward to this, this time together a lot. I'm like super excited for you that you're finally getting your podcast going. And um, I'm looking forward to listening to future episodes. Well, thank you so much. I'm excited to have you. And the second reason why this is such a fun episode is that Alan has graciously agreed to interview me so that you can learn more about why we are here, what we are here to do, and hopefully learn something on the way and have some fun while you're listening. So thank you, Alan, for being the, being the host for today. Yeah. And, and I love this concept, Danny, because, you know, I think it's super important for your guests to get to know who you are because I've done my own podcast and, and as a podcast host, it's like you're interviewing other people and getting their story. But I think it's, it's very fitting that the first episode be about you and for your listeners and your audience to really get to know who you are and to understand, you know, what, you, what really motivates you. What's your backstory? What are you really trying to accomplish? What's your mission in life? And when people find out that your real goal is that, you know, you speak with your heart and you're really trying to transform the lives of, of women out there to empower them to be the person you know that they can be. To me, when they learn that, when they find that out, then it's going to give you more leverage to impact their lives in a greater way. And so that's why I think this episode, this initial episode is, is so important, critical and, and kind of a, a good cornerstone to set off the rest of your podcast. With. Thank you, Alan. And you kind of already hinted on what uh, I hope to do. And this is to inspire women around the world to help them really transform their lives, but more so to finally become confident and accepting of who they are. Right. Um, this is something I've struggled a lot with myself not being able to accept myself for who I am for a very long time. And it has, it has taken me a while to get there. And I'm sure it's something what we'll get to throughout the podcast. But yes, I'm, I'm excited to get the word out and to help as many women as I can, idly, you know, millions of women around the world. I don't think small, I think big, and I'm ambitious and going after it. So <laughs> yeah, um, and, let's do and, this. And that's what I, I've always loved that about you, Danny, is that you know, you've got the big dreams and, and the big goals. And, and to me, that just, it, it's awesome to be around people like that all the time. What I would love to start with today is um, kind of your backstory, you know, the story of your childhood, because I, I know when I 
when I first heard your, your story, you know, I'm not a woman and, you know, I'm not from a, a, I didn't grow up in a different culture like you did, but yet I was still able to relate to your story at a number of levels. And maybe we can start with, with that, because I think that telling that backstory of, of your childhood, I think helps set the tone of kind of the core essence of, of who you became and some of the challenges you had when you were younger. Thank you. Yes, it's, a, it's an important chapter. And we often hear it from, from so many different psychologists and, and doctors, right? That childhood is really the most forming part of your life. And it's true. Well, so I grew up in the Czech Republic. And now it's been almost seven years since I've lived in the States. I live now in the Bay Area with my husband. So this is a completely different time and chapter in my life. But going back to the beginning, so I grew up in the Czech Republic in a small town called Zlín, which is actually also built on a success story of an entrepreneur, which is something we as the citizens of that town, we pride ourselves with. Anyway, I grew up in a great family. Um, I have two sisters and grew up in a Catholic home. Also grew up very active in my local parish. And as the oldest of the three children, Somehow, I always found it a little hard to fit in in my circle of friends or just fitting in and feeling like I was just a normal kid out of the block. Well, um, when I was about 14, I started noticing how my body changes, right? When you, when you get to that time of age, you look at yourself differently. And I noticed that I could probably tone my muscles a little bit more. I noticed that I had a few extra pounds. Nothing too drastic, but something that could be easily changed with some exercise and better nutrition. So I decided to do exactly that, to get moving, get exercise and lose the weight and hoping that few things would change in my life, like finding more friends or just feeling better about myself. I'm somebody who has very high standards, who is very disciplined and ambitious and is going after things. And this is a quality that I already had back as a, as a child. So when I started exercising and losing weight, I took it a little bit too far. And what I'm leading to is that what started as an effort to become healthier then actually damaged my health for the next 15 years and not just my health. So I became anorexic and that's, that's the truth. I didn't get to a very, very far extreme that you hear in the news, but it got serious enough Then one night um, I got an epileptic seizure and then woke up in the hospital the next day, not knowing what happened. I was only 14. So of course, when these things happen, it's a pretty big moment in your life. Now, while this definitely shook with my family and especially with my parents, what followed is probably even more part of the story of why I struggled with food and body image years after. And that is, my family was obviously scared by what happened, right? They, they wanted me to prosper, to be healthy, to be happy, all of that, right? I've got, I've got amazing parents, loving family, but nobody really understood why I did what I did. And that's something I later really needed to clear in myself later on. As I was working on my own recovery, of course, I put on weight, as I was told to eat, right? I was told I need to put on weight because otherwise... I could risk not being able to have a child. I could totally destroy my body and how it functions and all of that. So the focus was eat. You need to gain weight. So I did. And I gained more than I wanted. And then I think was even necessary. And that totally destroyed my self-confidence. I spent 
the four years in my high school hiding, I was totally not confident and, and was struggling internally. It's not something that I spoke about, but it's something I carried within me. Well, um, even though my body image or even just my body composition wasn't something I wasn't super proud of, I focused on my academic achievements and my accomplishments and just being the go-getter or you can think of the, the warrior woman focusing on other areas in her life. And so I was accomplished, yet I always wanted to become fitter, to be able to wear nice dresses and feel good about myself and just look sexy and feminine, all of that. And yet that's something I've, I've struggled with. And even though there were periods of me getting into shape, then when things became rough or when life got harder, I would eventually come back to food for soothing. So I was in constant vicious cycle of yo-yo dieting, many cycles of depression, and, and then just thinking, that, oh, how come you haven't figured it out yet? Like, don't you already know better, right? So I was beating myself up. And this has continued for years and years forward. I actually, it has taken me about 15 years to fully recover from not only that experience of being anorexic, but and also the limiting beliefs that were tying me down. And I'm sure we'll talk about it <laughs> more in detail. So I guess this is really the big part of my story, right? Uh, as somebody who, who struggled with weight and struggled with my beliefs of who I am as a person, what does it mean about myself, my self-worth? And uh, what I later realized is that I fully tied my self-worth to my appearance. And it even continued uh, later into my 20s uh, when I thought I had it all handled, when I got my health coaching certification and I thought I know so many things about nutrition. And then it hit me really the hardest when I was going through some struggles at work. And as a result of slow coming burnout, I turned again to food and to my bad habits, which is when my inner critic really turned up the volume and I started crumbling and I crumbled hard, which uh, led to several months long depression that almost ruined everything in my life that I really value and things got really bad. So <laughs> I'm realizing I'm, I'm having this monologue right now and there's a lot I have said already. And to you listeners who are probably hearing this, this is a lot, but there is there is a silver lining. So so Ellen, I want to <laughs> hand it over to you like because I can imagine I just unpacked so much on you that maybe you have a lot of questions you want to ask as well. Yeah, and I've, I've known a lot of your backstory from the time that we've known each other. I guess my question, because I always, you know, I, I look at stuff like that, and I think in some ways we all think that, you know, we're the only ones with problems out there. But I think the reality is that everybody's dealing with, with something, and we all have our own battles that we have to fight. And to, to me, it's more of the internal conflict that you have, and trying to resolve that is like, you know, and both you and I are big Tony Robbins fans. And one of his sayings he always says is, um, you know, nothing in life has any meaning except for the meaning you give it. Mm -hmm. I think that's so true. And really understanding, you know, what's really the root of the problem. And I think we, we take so many things at surface of like, well, yeah, it's so, you know, it's so obvious what it is, but there's really, I think, more of an internal conflict of why we have a lot of these challenges and issues. So I guess the question I would have for you, Danny, is what was the catalyst for change? When did you realize that you can change 
this challenge that you're having in your life? Was there one moment, specific moment, or was it over time? You know, there's been multiple moments. And uh, the thing is, I've went through multiple different depressions or periods of time when I would gain a lot of weight and then I would either stay in the depression and lose the weight later and then came back going after things, ambitious, getting my life back in order. And yet either a year or a few years later, things would repeat again. And it was only recently uh, that I went through a really long depression, which is the one that I mentioned, when everything crumbled. And this was actually only about... A year ago, which is when when I got to the point of I, I have to change. And when that happened, so I spent about eight months and in, in depression and isolation or yeah, actually hiding from people because I was so ashamed of me putting on that extra weight, or I put on actually about forty plus pounds and I could not look at myself in the mirror or even just look at other people's eyes right? It, it got really bad. So what I think really saved me, and I know that my family has gone through a lot of pain with me, them saying what I'm going through and and knowing they can't really help me because I was not committed for a long time to make that change. And that's, you know, something I really know now you, you really got to be in. And when you're in that depression or you're tied or I felt tied by these new bad habits that I formed, it was so hard to get out. So anything that I used to do in the past suddenly becomes so uncomfortable, so challenging. So what I think saved me, besides for many, many prayers and you know, a number of people praying for me and my husband, who's been so amazing and standing by me all this time, is that it was about September, actually, uh, or August, uh, when, when kids go back to school here in the U.S., and I was noticing kids are going back to school. That I actually, I ended up leaving my previous employer about two months back because of that depression and because of the my inability to perform at the level I could previously and just not being able to, to show up at my best. So I left and about two months later, when the kids were going back to school, I told myself, this has to end. Look, like kids are going back to school. I feel like the uh, the notion that you have from the childhood, right? It's September, you're going back to school. It's a normal thing, right? Every year, there is a routine, there's a system that repeats. And it's so ingrained in us that I think it's literally that biological rhythm that has saved me to fight for myself. It was also that uh, at that time when I was getting more serious about a job search again and about getting more professional help. Even though I've tried different things, I've actually tried therapy, OA, which is Overeaters and Anonymous. I've even tried some other professional help, but I never gave it my all to make that work or for, for that therapy or that group to work. So that was on me. But when it was around September and I was getting started with Tim Grover's program, which is how we met and uh, down and dirty, I said, okay, I got to do this. The kids are going back to school. I'm going back to work and that's it. And, and I really started getting serious. And um, I also hired a Tony Robbins coach. So yes, you can see that I'm passionate about Tony Robbins. But the thing is that I said to myself, you need to get over yourself just because you're a size X. It doesn't mean that everything stops. And suddenly, you know, you let everything go. No, you got to show up. 
and it was hard initially, but then suddenly I found out, oh yeah, I can get some nice clothes even in this size. This is okay, fine. I'm I'm feeling a little bit better. Okay, I'm doing great in these interviews. Oh, great. And I've got these few companies fighting for me. This is awesome. Okay, wow. A big change just in a few weeks. Okay, great. This is good. And then when um, I finally completed my job search, which by the way was actually very quick, and I accepted the offer, I decided this is going to be my ticket to get me out of this hell. I am going to turn my life around because my marriage has terribly suffered, my health, my life, my career, the relationships with people around me. I've ignored everybody for about eight months or so, and nobody knew what was going on. So I made that commitment because the pain was so unbearable that I didn't want to take it anymore. And somehow you could probably ask me, how come you waited so long? And I wonder whether it was that I thought of myself so little or that I maybe hated myself to an extent or a lot. Maybe there's, there's truth in both of that. But at some point or finally, I said, no, enough has been enough. And I decided to turn the page and start fresh and stop caring about all the weight. Of course, yes, I wanted to get into better shape. But instead, what I did is I focused on performing exceptionally well in my new job and making sure this was going to be the thing that would help me get my life back, along with other things that I would re- rebuild along the way. Yeah, and I think that's what happens so often um, is we feel like we get overwhelmed where there's no path forward in anything, you know, and, and it becomes this kind of spiral of where you keep losing track on everything that you're doing, not not just one aspect, but but all aspects of your life. And sometimes what it takes is just to put your full focus on one thing and do that one thing well, where you feel like you're making progress. And that's the one thing I love about success is that it becomes infectious, you know, where it starts to overflow from one area of your life to other areas. And a lot of times I'll find that it's like when I'm doing really good in this one area, I start to flourish in other areas and I feel like I can accomplish anything. And you kind of get into that, that warrior mentality. And, and that's maybe the next thing I want to hear from you, because I know, Danny, that you've got this warrior woman inside of you that's just <laughs> kick ass, you know, woman that can accomplish anything. And I want to hear about that of, of how you found her and how you're able to unleash her. Because to me, I think that that is probably one of the most powerful things is when somebody can discover kind of what it takes to take, you know, to get them out of that rut and just to turn on with going all out intensity to make things happen in your life. So I, I guess that would be my, my first question. If you could maybe share with, mm-hmm. with the audience is, is this kind of alter ego or this other personality that is hidden inside you and how you found her and how you unleash her when you need to. Thank you. So first of all, I think no matter the different struggles and challenges I've gone through, I've always been a warrior. And I remember my dad telling me so many times, never give up. There's this entrepreneur that he looks up to a lot in the Czech Republic, and he's drawn this picture where you see a bird who is trying to eat a frog, but the frog is trying to choke the bird, right? It's the it's the long, big bird. I, I forget the name in English, but it's funny, right? There's the point of the story or of the picture is that never give up. As long as you have a little bit of breath left, don't give up. And this was definitely something my parents have taught me since I was a small child. 
So the worry has always been in me and I definitely have remembered throughout my life what it feels like when I'm at my best, when I'm at my peak, yet I've let the limiting belief of I'm not worthy unless I'm thin or unless I'm this size or, you know, unless I feel like everything's great and perfect, right? I have nurtured this character of being a perfectionist, right? And even today, I think I'm still a recovering perfectionist while I think I've certainly improved in, in the area of body image and how I see myself. I've definitely made leaps and leaps uh, in that area. I see that I like to be very particular, right? Uh, in certain areas, or I like things done a certain way, or even business, I'm striving for high quality, high standards, and I'm learning to be even more scrappier. And the funny part is that I work for a tech startup. So everything is scrappy and I can deal with that, right? But when it comes to my work, I want to make sure that it's excellent, right? So I still have things to learn. But anyway, to answer your question, I think ultimately there's been many times in our lives when we get into the zone or we perform well and we feel great and we we know we you know we're just rocking uh, what we're doing. And then at some point, something happens. And sometimes that actually takes over, which happened many times in my life. And then you either let it crush you or you grow from it. And I think number of times I fell down. But this time, especially now that we're talking, I'm really using this as an opportunity for, for others to learn, but and also to share that this doesn't have to define you. This doesn't define you. All the things in your life that you've experienced, all the hurts, all the wounds, they don't define you. And as Tony Robbins says, past does not define you unless you live there, right? So what matters is to move forward, to learn from it. And uh, what was such a breakthrough from the last depression episode or, or the long period of depression that I had is simply that I finally divorced that story of me being overweight means that I'm not worthy. And I said, this is not working for me. This is not serving me. I call BS on that. And I said, okay, I'm going to get my life back in order. And uh, I think that was really essential. And I could not have done that without that. So that's number one. But um, number two is that it is so important to be surrounded by the right peers and people who who can help you think differently, but also who will hold you accountable so much that they will tell you when you're screwing up, when you're lying to yourself. And, you know, it's also good when that person or these people are not the ones who are in your very immediate circle, like your husband, your family, right? Because these people are familiar. And while we love them, sometimes we tend to, not necessarily value, but we tend to listen to other people a little bit more because we're not so close to them. And I think this is really where the Tim Grover's group, Down and Dirty, has played such an important role in my life of being so brutally honest. And this, this is Tim's amazing quality, which, which has helped me to take an honest look at myself and my life. And I think it has also helped me foster that quality in myself. Also, like in my work on a day-to-day basis, I'm a, a no BS person. I am direct. I'm respectful. But I'll tell you when I think things are going south or if I see a risk out there. That's one of my qualities. But I have gained the confidence over the last year 
to go out there and do that. And I know that this is something that everybody can do, but we first need to believe in the qualities and the strengths that we have so that we know, oh, this is really important. And it doesn't matter whether I have the title or not. It really does not matter. What matters is that we help each other elevate our game. And if I don't say that, or if I don't say that sentence or that observation, I'm not only hurting myself, I'm hurting everybody. I'm hurting the company. We could be doing so much better. And then maybe somebody else gets the idea. And then you even regret not being um, proactive and not actually taking that opportunity. So I think it's so important to trust our intuition and, and not worry about what other people think. You know, that's, that's something we spend so much time with, right? We obsess about it. And yet we just need to stop it, right? I know recently you got selected to do a, a TED Talk. I'm, I'm curious if you could maybe share with the audience what, what your talk was going to be about. Because if I remember correctly, your talk was a lot about your, your past story and kind of the lessons you learned from that. Yes, thank you. So the talk was going to be about uh, the hidden price of chasing perfection. And it literally is related to the story of my struggles with eating disorders. And I've probably gone through a couple of those outside of anorexia. The big part of the of the story or the, the lesson that I've learned is that also what has helped me grow and overcome the challenge or, the, or that limiting belief was that after I actually started now in the current company where I'm at, I completely poured myself into work, but not in a, in a workaholic style of work. I wanted to do an excellent job. I wanted to put my best foot forward. I stopped caring what other people think because I'm overweight. And I was, I was definitely overweight back then. I said, I'm just going to do the best I can. And that's what I did. And then a few months after I started noticing again, my key strengths and gifts coming out. And even to the point when some people would get annoyed by it. And I thought, hmm, well, what is this? This is weird. Maybe I need to be a little bit more careful. Maybe I need to watch myself a little bit more. And I was even getting anxious myself, which is when other people told me, no, don't change. We need you. We need your curiosity. We need you to challenge us and to challenge the status quo. This is great. You know, this is when I realized that if we finally accept ourselves for who we are, and then we allow ourselves to grow in an area we love, or we put ourselves into work and our business or our side hustle, no matter what it is, we'll start noticing our gifts, our strengths, and what makes us great and unique. And this is actually the platform that is the, the bedrock of your success, right? And what we're doing instead is that we're looking at what we don't have, what we're lacking, what our weaknesses are. Well, guess what? You will never notice the strengths because you focus on what you don't have, right? Tony Robbins says, like, focus is everything. If you focus on the, on the wrong thing, well, you only see the negative. However, if you focus on the positives, guess what? You will see, right? And this is not just some sort of positive thinking, motivational type of talk. It's true. Your mind doesn't know if something is right or wrong. If you're telling the mind, focus on this, then the mind focuses on that subject. I love that. That is, I think, awesome. And I would love this to segue that into, because I'm sure some of the listeners are saying, well, I'm a young woman and I don't think I have it. Like I haven't found my gifts yet. I haven't found my talents or I haven't found my superpower. 
So how would you encourage them? You know, okay, maybe step one is maybe I need to focus on looking at positives that I have, but how else do I go about trying to figure out what I'm good at doing? Thank you. Yeah, that's a, that's a brilliant question. So I would say just start somewhere. You might be working in a job that you like or don't like. I would say the first thing you want to do is, is to build skills, right? And uh, at the end, we all need to know why we're doing what we're doing. You might be in a job that, that pays the bills, but doesn't really feed your heart. So what is the one thing that, that you love doing that you always go to when, when you have that extra time? For somebody it can be dance, for somebody it can be art, for somebody else it can be real estate investing, right? Or <laughs> it's going to be many different things, but we grow up with certain talents or just things that we enjoy, right? We cannot take out the joy out of life. No, like the joy needs to be present. And yes, there will be times when things get rough, but I would say focus on what what do you enjoy and where you can where you can grow, right? Like we often hear from our parents, oh yeah, do what you love. But then that often doesn't mean that you can make money with that. Well, I do believe that you can find something where you can marry both of, of those scenarios. And I think what's so important is to simply get started, get looking, get inspired, go to networking events. Now, of course, this is extremely hard, right? With, with COVID and everything. Well, yet people still network virtually, right? There are virtual Absolutely. events. They are, Tony Robbins just did his virtual UPW with 20,000 people and so many masterminds that are out there. And get yourself inspired by people in your field or simply those that you look up to. Now with Instagram, it is so easy to reach anybody, right? We have zero excuse not to get in touch with the people that we respect or admire. And even if they don't respond the first time, there's magic and persistence and, and building the relationship. So maybe a group that I can recommend is uh, Rise Up World. Pete Vargas, uh, he's a fantastic entrepreneur. He runs this challenge, right? Every Monday, he brings on inspiring speakers and entrepreneurs, and he does it all for free to empower small entrepreneurs in difficult times. And it's exciting, it's energizing, you learn a lot, but at the same time, you meet great people. So I think this is the time for us to take control of our lives, right? If you know, well, maybe I don't know my gifts, right? Or when I was in my early 20s or when I was in my college, we all talked about our why, our value, and I was part of this great leadership organization. It was fantastic. And you're trying to figure this all out, but things take time. So give yourselves the patience to figure it out while you're hustling hard. And I think there's, there's a great thing that comes out of hard work because when, when you put yourself into something, slowly but surely you start seeing the, the fruits of it, but you also start seeing that your skills get better and you're also getting clearer on what you want. Yeah, I think you hit home with, with the skills because I think no matter what you're going to be doing, whatever passion you have, the more skills that you can build, especially early on, in any career you have, a lot of those skills transfer over. And so it doesn't matter what industry or business you're in, you're learning things that have value. And so that's the number one thing I would probably recommend. Like if you don't know what you're destined to do, if you don't have your full passion yet, or you don't quite understand what your superpower is at this point in time in your life, just go out there and start getting new skills. And, and I think part of it is learning the new skills will open up a new world of opportunity that maybe you never saw was out there. That's one of the things I always recommend is like 
pound your head full of knowledge. Every single day you should be reading something, listen to a podcast, listen to an audio book, listen to something on YouTube. I mean, there's just so much great content out there that you can literally teach yourself anything today. You don't need to go get a degree. Mm -hmm. The degree's online for free. You just need to put in the time and the work to learn that. And I do believe that passion, you know, is, is cultivated where you start to explore something new and then the more of time and energy you put into it, you start to fall in love with that particular topic or that subject matter. And I just encourage people just to go after your dreams, you know, and if you don't have any dreams, then keep looking, keep finding stuff you're, like you said, like you're, you're super passionate about and just try it. And maybe you can't make any money from it. But like I said earlier in this conversation, success transcends everything. So sometimes when you're doing your hobby that you love and you start feeling really good about yourself and you start having successes in that, that you may not be making any money from, but it starts to transform your life where all of a sudden, hey, you're doing better at work. You're doing better with your fitness and, and your health. You're doing better with your relationships. And that's what I love about, you know, I always encourage you, like when, when you find your life being off rail or sidetracked or it feels like it's starting to spiral out of control or you got one or two things going on in your life that just aren't right. Yeah, try to fix those, of course, but then also try to put more energy into the stuff that you love and, and try to nurture that because a lot of times that's the stuff that is going to help fix those, those other challenge areas you have in your life. You know, kind of like what you said earlier, Danny, is, you know, what was kind of the catalyst that got you out of this most recent depression was you put a lot of energy and time into your work and that you started getting a lot of success from that. And then it felt like your whole life was starting to come back together just like your whole life spirals out of control because you quit focusing on things. And how do you fix that? Well, find something that you love doing where you can feel that energy and excitement within you. And that's the stuff, if you put a lot of energy into a lot of times, you'll see that, you'll feel that of where it translates over to other areas in, in your life. And I've experienced that a lot myself because, you know, there's times I struggle with where, you know, I feel like I'm depressed or my, my life is out of control. And um, a lot of times that's how I fix that is I, I find something that I love doing and I feel just energized about. And that's where I dump a lot of energy. And then that in turn starts to fix other areas of my life. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more. You simply need to get started. And that's something for me. Uh, I noticed this so many times over in the past. Like for me, it is workout that helps me get going. That really, it changes changes my body, changes my mood, my, my biochemistry, all of that. And you know, the funny part is that if you do a workout that doesn't energize you, that is supposed to be great and you know help you build all the muscles, but you're not having fun with it and it's actually discouraging you from doing it, find something else. I did that. I was following this great program and all of that, but I stopped having fun with my workouts. And and that was also depressing on its own, right? Like this is my outlet, something I enjoy, right? But I realized, hey, again, let's say my husband, he likes something. I am a very different person, right? I love group classes. I love the energy. I love the loud music. Well, I'm not just a person who goes and lifts, right? And so the level of self-acceptance that we need to embrace is, is really enormous or it goes on so many different levels from who we are, how we think about our own value in our life, but even just the things that we do and that we don't have to do things like other people or even what our parents or our society tells us to do. This was another whole area uh, that I needed to work through and, uh, 
and really make myself free. I feel like for, for a long time, I've been chained by so many of these expectations and, and rules and things that you should do or what a good person or a good daughter does. And at the end, what this does, that it just constrains us and it prevents us from growing and being who we really are. And I think sometimes it maybe does take the time until maybe we become more mature, we, we grow and we learn, right? Or then sometimes it also, it just takes that level of awareness and self-respect and self-love to say, no, I'm the master of my life and I'm going to determine how I live my life. I'm going to define the rules and my playbook and all of it. And this is what I'm going to do. And I don't feel bad about it. This is it. And I'm going with it. I love that a lot. Let me ask you this question. What do you think your mission in life is? Well, I want to change women's lives. I, I want to empower women for them to become fearless, powerful, for them to go out in the world and really accomplish the dreams that they have, even those that they have given up on, the dreams they didn't believe would be possible because somebody told them they were dreaming too big. I don't want to see a woman putting herself down because of the things other people tell her or the things that she's seen as, okay, this is the limit and I cannot go further. I want women to become limitless, actually, or just become the real warriors who show up. And look, I know that I'm a very special type of person. I have a very sp <laughs> special type of personality, my communication style and all of that. Every of us is very unique and we have our way of going about in our life and how we express ourselves. So I want each woman to trust her own judgment, her own intuition, and to feel comfortable in her own skin, to express herself fully, and to simply do what she feels she's destined to do and find the courage, the commitment, and all the energy inside of her to pursue and go forward with that plan, with that mission in mind, right? Because an idea is great, vision is great, but... If you don't work hard for it, if you don't go through all of the struggles that are part of the journey, then what are we really doing, right? And this is something I'm learning day in, day out myself. I am being tested myself. And the universe is showing me, yes, this is hard. And I need to remind myself, why am I here? And I'm here because I know that I can help other women. And I do believe that my message matters, that my story matters, that God has put certain people in my life so that I can learn and grow, but I know it's not only for myself. I need to share it with others. And I know I would be doing myself and others a disservice if I didn't. So I am putting myself out there. And this is a first episode, right? And it's not perfect. It is totally imperfect. And actually, one of the greatest advice I got recently was to be bold, to take imperfect action, to take imperfect action. And something I have to remind myself every day. So it doesn't matter where you are at in your life. Things will still be hard, but what matters is to persist and persevere. So I want women to have this level of courage in their own unique way, in their own authentic way, and just be themselves so that the world can be a better place as a result of that. I think when we finally accept ourselves for who we are and then 
we show ourselves this way in the world to other people we interact with and we start finally doing the things we want to do, we're talking about, then the world will be a better place. What a beautiful message. I love your mission. I love what you're trying to accomplish. My, I've got a heart in mentoring too, of trying to help people and change their lives for the better. And it's just an honor to be with you on this first episode. Well, thank you, Ellen. Thank you so much for doing this with me. I'm so excited and so thankful that you agreed to interview me. And uh, I can't wait to see how this goes on, how this evolves. And I'm sure I'd love to have you on one of the future podcasts to interview you and for the world to find out more about Ellen and your genius and how you contribute to the world. Oh, that'd be great. Let's do it. Ellen, before we wrap up today, or, or is there any final question or anything you have for me? I guess for me, it's, you had mentioned earlier that, you know, we met in the Tim Grover group and I think you were spot on with what you were saying about finding the right people to be around. And that's one thing I'm very grateful for, for Tim Grover is that group of people. And what's funny is that I don't think he ever intended for it to be really what I got out of that classroom. When he put together that first group of people, you know, that was his first time at it too. And, um, you know, I think his goal was, what can I teach these people on, on how to improve their lives of what I've done with coaching with with Michael Jordan and Kobe Bryant and some of the other legendary basketball players that he's coached before. But what I got out of that was the people that I met. And that was a, probably more valuable than any of the lessons that, that Tim had, had taught me. And um, I've just had some great allies along the way and meeting people with the same similar mindset. And um, it's just really interesting and exciting. I've gotten to know you and probably another dozen people from that group that are now, you know, what I feel is some of my better friends that I've, I've had just because we resonate so well together. We have very similar mindsets. And it seems like at some point in our, our lives, a lot of us have had similar challenges too. But I guess a question I would have from you uh, or or would, would ask you of that is who are some of the key people that you've had in your life that you think are, are going to make the biggest difference? You mean people I look up to or? Yeah, exactly. You know, people mm -hmm. that you've, you've come to realize that, you know, I need to be around these people to learn as much as I possibly can to kind of transform myself because there's a lot of stuff I can tap into. This is a wonderful question. So Tim Grover is definitely number one. He, he's really the, the person I look up to so, so much. And it's also because he's such a person who's, who's really accepted who he is. And he's an apologetic about it. That's who he is. And that's who you get. And you either like it or you don't, but that's it. And, and I have completely adapted that mindset that he has around him for, for myself. And there's just so many amazing things that he he's taught me. So for any of you, if you haven't heard of Tim Grover, uh, pick up his book, Relentless. It's incredible. And also his partner, Sherry Lesser Wenk, who wrote the book with him, who, was his, who has been his uh, sports agent for the last few years. She's a phenomenal woman. And I saw her speak at the 10X Ladies Conference hosted by Elena Cardone. And oh my God, like <laughs> Sherry is incredible. She's a force. She spoke about her story and uh, how she was basically one of the first women getting into the sports publishing field 
when no women were around and back then and I think it was early 90s or so or even like later 80s early 90s and she said if I thought of myself as the only woman in the sports publishing I would never make it I could not think of myself that way right which is sometimes the labels we put on ourselves so she went after it and she described her story of how she started on her first book that wasn't by far very exciting. And then when suddenly the editor and her department said, well, we'll start picking up some sports books. Who wants to take it? And she said, oh, I will. <laughs> she wanted to do anything different, but that other category she was doing. And I don't want to completely spill the beans on her story because I'd love to have her on this show as well. But anyway, yeah, so she, awesome. she started she started in the sports field, not even knowing much about sports. She wasn't a big sports fan, but she worked her way up, right? And then she's become a legend. She is a, a living legend and powerful and real women like her. They really inspire me. And, you know, there are several others. Of course, we, we talked about Tony Robbins. Tony is just so incredible. And <laughs> I am so grateful for all the work he's done for so many people. I just finished his UPW. That actually happened only a few weeks ago. And again, it changed my life. And uh, I did walk away with very key action items or with few action items from that UPW, and one of which was to launch this podcast. So I'm really thrilled to be doing this right now because this is what I committed to and and i'm going forward with it <laughs> manifesting stuff in your life and that that's what i always love about tony robbins is that i've always had that same experience of you know you come up with goals and and it's like you you get wired in your head to accomplish this stuff yeah i'm just going through my podcast list because i'm a huge uh, podcast listener myself i listen to podcasts every day or almost every day and some of the top people that i listen to and i love especially in the health and wellness field since this is my big passion as well, is Dr. Rangan Chatterjee from uh, the UK. Um, he has a podcast, Feel Better, Live More. And it's one of the most um, enriching conversations that I get to listen to on a, on a weekly basis. Check it out if you're interested in that topic or even just Brenna Brown. I love her new podcast, Unlocking Us. I love Brenna. Like she has brought so much permission to the world to talk about the hard things, to talk about vulnerability, the things that we have hidden for years and we never dared to speak out loud about and to really admit that we're not great or we're, we're imperfect. And this is exactly part of the human experience, right? Or what it means to be a human. So having somebody who makes this normal or okay or who makes it celebratory, this is exactly who you are and what you should feel like and and don't feel bad about feeling this way. No, like another coach of mine, what she has taught me is that every emotion is sacred. Honor it. Like the more you try to suppress it, the more it will try to come up and make itself hurt. And this is actually when it will hurt you or it where it can actually spiral into depression. So part of my transformation of changing my beliefs was also to accept and learn to understand that I am a magnificent human being created by God, and that I am loved in all different ways and, and truly, truly believe that. And by accepting that into my life, I have completely changed the way I look at myself and also the story I tell to myself. So I would say, please go out there and find your own tribe. I think it's, it's so important. There are so many wonderful people out there, and you can be also that person for others. 
So don't think that, oh, I don't have a brand, I don't have audience, that because of that, you cannot make an impact. No, everybody starts from zero and everybody needs to work their way up. That's great. Wow. We could probably go on for hours. Um. <laughs> yeah, I think it's really good to wrap it up here. Well, Ellen, thank you so much for for your time today. I really enjoyed this conversation. And um, to you all listeners, thank you so much for dialing in. I really appreciate you taking your time and, and listening. And feel free to reach out to me on Instagram at Danny Z Temras if you have any questions, feedback, and come back again. We're, we're doing this on a weekly basis. So I'd love to have you continue joining us for, for these podcast episodes. Uh, this is a big adventure for me, but more than anything, I want you to take something from this. So please let me know what was helpful and I'll work on including or incorporating your feedback for the future episodes. One last thing, uh, Danny, is congratulations on your first episode. <laughs> thank you. I'm excited. And thank you, Ellen, for, for pushing me and challenging me to do it. Uh, everybody, thank you. And remember, life can always be better, greater than it is now. It always starts with the first action. So just go and do it. You know what it is. What a conversation. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you for spending some time with me. And most of all, for investing time in yourself. If you found value in this podcast, share it with your friends and family and give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to our episodes. This will greatly help us spread the word and help others find it more easily. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Denny Timras. Shoot me a note and let me know what you thought of today's conversation. I always welcome any feedback or questions. Remember, now that you're here, you're part of a tribe. In this tribe, we care for each other. We lift each other up as well as share the raw, honest, unpolished truth that we often need to hear. So before you go, think about the next best action you can take to get you on your path to success. Don't wait for tomorrow. Make a commitment and do it now. Thank you again for listening. We'll be back next week. Until then, have a great day.